Hello, and welcome to We Forgive You, the show where we formally forgive your favorite's worst films. I'm Alex Fernandez, a writer at Places. I'm Sarah Sorrentino, associate editor at Talk Film Society. How are you doing, Alex? What's up? Oh my god. Are you kidding me? What's up? No, I, I can do this. I can do this. What's up? I just have to unlock one more player. Mom. Hold on. <laughs> Mom, no. I don't want dinner. <laughs> it's fine. Later. <laughs> I gotta unlock Bayonetta. I don't need food. I have Bayonetta now. Oh, that's gross, actually. Yeah, that's a waffle sentence. That was yours. That was your product. So anyway, how are you doing, Sarah? How dare you? I purposely said, how are you doing first? (laughs) And then you did the bit. I didn't even know you were actually going to do the bit. Listeners, he's done it again. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I feel like we've planned out a bit, he does it the other way around. We have two different ideas about how the episode is going to start. And then I'm just end up being upset. (laughs) How are you doing, Alex? You piece of shit. What's up? (laughs) Just because I talked about Pokemon Let's Go for like a good 10 minutes on that one episode. Oh no, that was great. That was good talk. How's the game, Alex? Is it good? Super Smash Brothers is a game about getting a lot of uh, different people making them punch each other. And you're like, wow, I can't believe they got these two people to punch one another. I didn't ask you for a synopsis. I just asked you if it was good or not. It's good. Here's the problem. The game has (laughs) Isabelle from Animal Crossing in it. Yeah. Now, that's great. I know. Yeah, you're all about that shit. But you have to unlock Isabel from Animal Crossing. Until then, you basically have a husk of a game that has no Isabel in it. (laughs) Until the game decides that it is a game of merit with Isabel in it. Um, Which is rough. So I've been playing this game ceaselessly day and night, just trying to get to Isabel, who's locked somewhere within the game, and I can't seem to get to her. So, the game's fun. Uh, it's, I gave it about, like, a 8, eight out of 10. And 8, 8 out of 10? Cool. 8, 8 out of 10. <laughs> I, I really just need to get to Isabel. Okay, but none of the other Smash games have had Isabel. Yeah. So they weren't good at all? No, that was all dog shit. They got Pac-Man in the other one. No, there's not Pac-Man in there, is there? They got Pac-Man in there, yeah. And he just chomps. It's pretty good. I haven't played that series since gamecube i mean it's a fun series it's almost like a like a housewarming gift that you give to somebody but like instead of a housewarming gift you get to somebody when they move into a home it's when they move into a new nintendo console so it's like oh hey you got the new nintendo switch oh cool here's a here's a super smash brothers to go with it yeah but more like hey give me 60 dollars, and then here's a super smash Bros. game to go with it exactly Let's not make it sound like it's like a nice little gift. It's not. It's not an act of generosity. No, not at all. <laughs> it is an act of cruel capitalism. Uh, I mean, that and Mario Kart now feels like that too. Mario Kart is that WarioWare used to be that before they stopped making those games because I guess we were all having too much fun or something. Mario Party. Mario Party. I mean, they they still making the Mario parties. That's good. That's a good one for that. I've never owned a Mario Party. I've never partied with the Mario. So long as somebody in your circle of friends has Mario Party, nobody else needs to own Mario Party. Yeah, it's like with Netflix. Like, just someone has to have Netflix. 
Everybody else will feed off of that. You have a Mario Party friend, you have a Netflix friend, and then you have a, a food friend, a water friend, an electricity friend, and then you're all <laughs> set. You've mid-maxed life itself. Sometimes so. your parents are all those friends. Sometimes it's just mom and dad. <laughs> this is just your mom and dad. And that's okay. No, it's not. It isn't. Move out already. <laughs> you're 27. Move out. I mean, like, it's okay. Like, it's uh, some people need to take longer to get on their feet, but like, sh- come on. Hey, remember that movie, Failure to Launch? No, I don't. <laughs> With Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson? No. You don't know anything about it? Sounds, it? Okay, no, no. I, okay, I, I've seen the poster. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is like leaning back on Kate Hudson and she's trying to push him. Is that what the movie's about? Okay, now I have a question. Is the only thing you know about that movie is that what the poster looks like? You visualize the poster immediately. That's the only thing I know. That's amazing. That's That's some great marketing right there. Yeah, it stuck with me. I'm pretty sure I saw it on a DVD cover, and I said, I don't think I need to watch that. Didn't even turn the cover over. Also, not Kate Hudson, Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, they all look the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Kate Hudson. She did what, like Gold Rush with him and some other stuff, so I thought it was her. Do you remember Sahara? Oh, no, no. I, I'm, I'm. We're talking about all of these movies. I haven't seen any of the movies I just mentioned. That's good. That's probably for the best. Speaking of movies that we should have never seen... <laughs> Do you want to just get into it? Yeah, this episode's about Love Guru, right? It should have been about Love Guru. Let me tell you, Sarah. Let me tell you, Sarah. I never, I never thought I would say this. We should have seen the Love Guru. Okay, but we said that if someone suggested another movie, <laughs> we would do that instead of Love Guru, just to save ourselves from another. <sighs> I was trying to protect us from having to do another movie where white people try to play another race. And look what happened. And then look what happened. This is unavoidable. This is what we get for trusting our listeners. It sounded like a good idea, though. And honestly, I'm kind of happy we did it because I finally watched a movie I should have watched a long time ago. Oh, yeah. There you go. And it was interesting because I did a double feature. So I just like instantly went in from watching a really terrible movie into something that's actually pretty good. Whereas I had the inverse effect of watching that very same good movie you're talking about years ago, enjoying it, and then now watching this movie and having everything I know called into question. Yeah. (laughs) So, we watched The Cobbler. Netflix original movie, right? Never came out. Nope, no, no. This is a Netflix original. It's uh, <laughs> it's it, it, it. This came like before. This is not related to the Netflix deal. This is just a movie that has just found its way to Netflix and just won't let go. <laughs> really, I thought it was one of the Netflix deals with Adam Sandler. No, it's not. All those are comedies. This one is a nightmare. <laughs> Well, you can argue some of those comedies are nightmares, too. I've seen some of those, and they may be dog shit, but at least somebody's laughing, and oh my god, that's more than I could say about this movie. So I honestly thought you had already seen this. Alex used to do a podcast called Drunk Movie Bingo. It's a very good idea. I want to bring it back. And TM, 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 TM. <laughs> that's, my, that's my IP, baby. Nobody goes after that. He will sue you in court. If you so much as have a beer near a microphone while watching a movie in the background, I swear to God, I'm going after you. I'm going full Mark Zuckerberg, Andrew Saverin on you. I'm going for 100%. Good, good. Protect that IP. Uh, what movie did you watch? I know you watched... Oh, you watched Ridiculous 6? We saw Ridiculous 6. We saw Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. And uh, a lot of other uh, great Happy Gilmore productions. A lot of the, the Adam Sandler overwar. Uh, Have you ever done a podcast where you watch something good? Nobody wants to watch good movies with me. <laughs> we should just scrap this and be like, okay, we're just going to watch 
top 100 movies. Yeah, and we'll just call it, we'll call it Rehabilitate Alex. <laughs> We're going to call it Movie, yeah. re- <laughs> movie Rehabilitation. Mm. Rehabilitation through Good Film, the podcast. And we're just going to be happy. We're not even going to review it. The whole podcast is just going to be us like feeling better about our life choices. And- we may not even talk about the movie. We, we're probably just going to talk about us and how good <laughs> we feel and what we're going to do with that positive energy moving forward. Um, and I think that's great. Look forward to that. This is uh, this has been canceled because uh, I never want to watch a movie like this ever again in my life. I cannot risk it. <laughs> I, I have found the bottom, and I and I cannot dare go down there again. Thank you, The Cobbler. Um, thanks oh, to Tom no, McCarthy. Love Spotlight. Um, this this can. Do fuck you think off this is okay? So I, I'm starting to like rank the worst films I've had to watch between this podcast and sequels. This is still not the bottom for me. This is the bottom for me. <laughs> This is the bottom for me because this is the single most inert, like really disgusting, uncomfortable mo- movie I've ever seen. Like for a podcast, for anything, I cannot believe it. There are bad movies, but within every bad movie we've seen, we can argue there's a germ of a good idea or at least a couple of good decisions that have happened along the way. I cannot argue that for this movie in any capacity. This is just awful. Hey, Alex. What's up? Tom McCarthy co-wrote this movie. Yeah. You know, I was so ready to give Tom, good old Tom, a little pass for this one, saying, oh, he just directed it, whatever. Uh, They just threw him into this one, and, you know, he needed, for whatever reason, he decided to do it. Uh, You know, whatever. Uh, He made Spotlight, which is a movie that I really enjoyed, so that's okay. I'll let it slide. And then I found out that he got a writing credit on this. He also got a writing credit on Spotlight. So, you know, he's more complicit than I thought, (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) What the fuck? Before we get too far into it, let's just do some quick catching up. Last episode, we had talked about how we were going to probably end up doing The Love Guru if somebody didn't, like, step in and give us a suggestion. Uh, We had Rodders. (laughs) <laughs> or <laughs> he goes by the Roddy Horror Picture Show on Twitter. Yeah, I'm blocking him right now. No, don't block no, him. No, I'm blocking um, him. <laughs> fuck that. No way. He said sorry already. He he said sorry. We have to forgive. <laughs> this episode is about forgiving him for giving us this recommendation. He's doing his best by us. No, I don't accept <laughs> that. <laughs> he. I'm suggested- sorry. I look. It's not. It's nothing personal. You know, it's at, it's out of self-preservation alone that I do this. Understand where I'm coming from. I feel like we 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 always can like suggest a bad movie for ourselves to watch, and we're not going to get too mad at each other. Like me making you watch Prince of Persia. Like you're like okay, but we have to watch Fantastic Four after that. And you know, we came to a deal. We really thought that like outside people telling us what to watch was going to be a better situation. But now we're just kind of mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're gunning after the audience in a way that we really haven't done to one another. So, I don't know. That's kind of cool. I guess that's a cool vibe to send out <laughs> during a show that you're doing for attention. But, you know, that's fun. Thanks for participating. Uh, we hate you. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but it it is an interesting thing that happened, especially with me, because I had not seen... Well, anyway, so he recommended The Cobbler. Sounded like a good idea, especially after he mentioned that 
um, Tom McCarthy, who I keep on a call want to call Todd because that guy's he looks like a Todd. Yeah, I thought it was Todd and it seems it seems Who like cares? it works, you know. <laughs> that he had put out Spotlight later. I think it's the next year it actually finally was released. No, it was that same year. Oh, actually. it is the same. Yeah, I'm if sorry, you're right. Correctly. So the same year he puts out probably one of the worst films uh we've ever seen and then Spotlight which was nominated for like everything in a strong year too because that's the same year as the big short mm-hmm. and some other films and, and you saw you saw spotlight just now what yeah. what did you think of it it's interesting especially since i i woke up this morning i watched the cobbler first i immediately put spotlight on right after that would you say spotlight has good cinematography or like has any sort of visual i would say there's a lot of awesome scenes but they're still very blatant of like people who are in pain in front of these catholic churches mm-hmm. but it's blatant it's uh, it's not very art i don't think it's as artistic as they think it is i i think spotlight is like a deliberately objective isn't the word i'm looking for but i think it's trying to go for a level of objectivity of trying to tell you a story and try telling you as straight as it can yeah here's the thing that i really loved about spotlight especially when i when it came out was how selfless of a movie it felt i i can't imagine any other director coming into this and abstaining from injecting style and and their own like thoughts and feelings into this in an intrusive manner the way that you know Tom McCarthy seemingly just like let go and just let the story that needed to be told be told through that movie okay but now my question is how deliberate do you think that actually is after we've seen what he did with the cobbler well i will say the cobbler looks like a movie it's not an ugly film there, there's one thing that I can't fault it is that it has a very cinematic look for what it is. It, it's arguably more cinematic looking than any of Adam Sandler's films. Like, I don't remember there being a montage in any of the last Adam Sandler movies for like the past decade. This mm-hmm. movie has like an opening montage of like our cobbler character, cobbling shoes. Is that the verb? Cobbling? Anyway. Cobbling. Uh, he's cobbling, and it's actually like a nicely shot little uh, montage there. And the lighting itself is a lot more moodier than than Spotlight. Mm-hmm. I do think, like, I, I, I don't want to presume that that Spotlight was, a, <laughs> was lacking in artistic direction. It feels deliberate, and, you know, we can never really know for sure, but... I would say that regardless of its intentionality, I think it works for that film. And I think it's one of the reasons why I love it. I just think McCarthy might be like a very plain, simple director. That is a distinct possibility. It just looks like he takes a script and shoots it. And it's fine. And especially with Spotlight, it's such a strong story. Everything seems to be carried by the screenplay and Mm -hmm. the actors. That's great. But when you have a bad screenplay... And bad actors, you get a cobbler. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's it's just cobbler, a, it's baby. Terrible. That, that's, that's the recipe for that's cobbler. That's cobbler, baby. <laughs> so I said that uh, McCarthy co-wrote both of these films. His writing partner is drastically different on these two films. Uh, Josh Singer wrote Spotlight. He just did Bur- uh, First Man. He did The Post. Mm-hmm. So the guy definitely has like a style. He was also a writer on The West Wing. So you, you see what I'm saying? Like. I, f- I feel like his influence is obvious yeah. in this film where what does McCarthy really do? I'm, I feel like he's just getting thrown on projects with better people around mm-hmm. him, which is fine, but that's how you win. That's how you just like 
like fall upward as a white guy. Potentially. And and here's the thing too is that Tom McCarthy, like after that one two punch of Cobbler and Spotlight, hasn't really done much of anything, so it's really hard to gauge this. And which is why I'm not like super comfortable, like just like assuming one way or the other. Like I just really don't know. I haven't seen the two episodes of Thirteen Reasons Why that he directed last year and I, I'm I'm never gonna see that ever. So and his next movie's in post production right now. For me the jury's still out on what what his talents are. I will say that like yeah, Spotlight may be the efforts of other people, but like I said, I think that was almost to its uh benefit that it that it came out the way that it did. So I am grateful for that at the very least. Even if it stemmed from somebody just standing there with no ideas to contribute that ended up making for a movie that worked on the benefits of its own story and acting in a way that should have another director interfered more might have lessened the credibility of the story that they were trying to tell it was definitely probably one of the most interesting double features i've ever done i i like doing that where i just instantly watch another movie afterwards and see how i feel about it I was in a state of shock after the ending of The Cobbler. Oh my god. (laughs) Let's just talk about The Cobbler real quick. First of all, this is an Adam Sandler film. This is part of his, like, resurgence of making a ton of, like, of these smaller movies rather quickly. Let me, let me, me, hold on, let me check something real quick. (laughs) Dear Google. Okay, The Cobbler is listed as a comedy on IMDb. No. I'm going to go ahead and... Co- can you make edits? Can you request edits on here? <laughs> can we write a strongly worded letter to IMDb real quick? Can I just reach out to the Internet Movie Database real quick? Because there's nothing funny about this movie. Oh my god, this is a movie. <laughs> do you want to explain it, sir? Because I really... Yeah, I was going to do a little plot synopsis. So, this is a movie about a family that has a magic cobbler machine from an angel... <laughs> that if they change the soles <laughs> of the oh, shoes God. with the magic spinning machine, they can become those people. So for the rest of the movie, Adam Sandler puts on other people's shoes and very offensively becomes people of different races and <laughs> and sexualities. And genders. And genders. And just the whole gamut. And even dead people. And then he's like a zombie, guys. Isn't that cute? I am in shock by this movie. I'm not even offended. I'm just in shock that it happened. I'm just shocked that someone like Adam Sandler would go ahead and make a movie that is... I'm not shocked by him. He'll do anything. No, 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 no. Look, Adam Sandler may do some shit that's considered tasteless, maybe even racist, maybe even sexist, maybe even homophobic. Almost certainly homophobic. Let's not even pretend. But... It's always for a laugh in a movie that, while critically panned, will find an audience of people who think it's funny and will walk away feeling a little bit better about themselves. This, on the other hand, makes the weakest attempts to make jokes about these things. Is just offensive and nasty and truly accomplishes nothing while causing the ire of everyone it insults. This should be Adam Sandler's shit by now. He should know how to do this. I'm so confused by this film. I'm confused by, like, everyone involved. 
I feel like this, if this movie really existed, I don't believe this movie exists. I'm in shock. I'm sorry. I'm like, hundred percent. I I'm saying things like this movie doesn't even actually exist because I, I can't believe it. <sighs> it's like trying to be heartfelt in all these different scenes, but we don't even talk about like how terrible this main character is as a person. He even says he's a good person, but he's not. He's terrible. He's not likable. He's not a good person. He does nothing well. He kills his mother. Mm-hmm. He, he kills, he kills like, a black guy <laughs> just because, like, while, like, pretending to be a transgender person. Yep. And therefore incriminating that person. Just a stranger that he just thought, wouldn't it be funny, <laughs> a trans person, you know, getting sent to jail for murder. That's a really funny joke that Adam Sandler thought of. This character is a miserable man. How can someone who made Spotlight be okay with these kinds of jokes and stuff? Yeah. If there's anything that Spotlight would indicate is a a moral compass of a person. If there's one thing that Spotlight wants you to clue in on is the the moral state of a a place, of people, and, and a moment in time. And this movie has no heart. Or soul. And it's so weird. It tries so hard to depict the Jewish people. It even shows, like, the rituals for funerals. And I liked the, those scenes. And then, I mean, honestly, following that, it just gets worse and worse. It loses any sort of, like, culture that they were trying to show off. Trying to protect. He's such a bad person. <laughs> I don't understand. He's an uh, he's an awful human being, and he and even for Adam Sandler, he has no personality really, other than just being creepy. You know, he's a quiet, creepy man. I realize as we're talking about this movie, it sounds more like an A twenty four indie <laughs> horror film than it has anything to do with a uh, Adam Sandler comedy. And the way that we're describing it, it sounds like it would be a kind of a deconstruction of an Adam Sandler character. But this isn't punch drunk love. This isn't fucking funny people. This is yeah. nothing. The movie just does not have anything to say about what Adam Sandler's doing. I really love Punch Up Love and um, Funny People. That's what, those are some of my favorites. I've, Funny People is one of one of my like favorite depressing but slightly comedic films. It's very long, but I I really yeah. like that story. This is insane. I'm I'm really I was just the end of it. I was just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. What just happened? He's still, like, creepily looking at the model neighbor chick as she walks out the door. And then the girl that he's supposedly, like, his love interest, it walks in right after. Walks right in! And what does that say? Like, what are they even saying with that? No one thought that was a weird situation. Somebody had to be sabotaging this movie from the inside and making all these choices. I, I can't believe that this was just allowed to happen. I don't know if something could ever just come out this way. Am I going crazy, though? I thought I remembered people saying that this film was not that bad. I swear this was, like, peak, like, oh my god, everything he makes is terrible. Like, Sandler hating. And then this came out, and people were like, oh, the cobbler's okay, though. No way. I never heard that in my life, actually. What have you heard? Like, before now, what did you hear about the the I heard nobody talk about this, because this thing got dumped on Netflix, and it, it wasn't even it, since it wasn't a Netflix original, it didn't get like a bumper or anything. It, it was just somewhere in there. I remember back at that point in time when the movie came out, me and my roommates would sometimes just like pick a random Adam Sandler movie that we thought was trash and like flip through scenes just to like laugh at it. And I tried doing that with this movie, so I did see a couple of seconds of it. It was the most dull and depressing thing 
And I realized why nobody would ever talk about this movie, because I don't think anyone in their right mind would just finish this movie of their own volition. I feel like we could go into this and just go through, like, every single thing that's wrong with this. There's just so much. There's so much going on. Method Method Man deserved a better role. <laughs> Method Man? Method Man? Fuck, man. I didn't realize he was going to be in the movie for this much of it. I immediately kind of picked up on what I thought was going to be the structure of the movie, in which different people bring the shoes over for him to fix, and then he puts them on, and he lives a day in their shoes. But no, it becomes so much more convoluted than that. His, like, dad cleaned up a murder after him. Yep. And that's just cool. His dad, who was pretending to be his neighbor, who was his barber, and who was a a friend of his dad, was actually his dad the whole time. Fuck this movie. I felt that. Like, I, I was like, yeah, that's definitely what's going on pretty early on. I was like, yeah, that's his dad. But I was also like, they don't go into, like, why he's in hiding. Like, it doesn't matter. No, he had to go hiding because he was in trouble for some reason. Why couldn't he just tell? At no point in the movie is there any threat of danger, like, from an outside force. Nobody's ever looking for him. And he just has a butler in the back of the shop. Who's just been waiting for Adam Sandler to, like take up cobbling, I guess. Just waiting for the day that his regular cobbling machine breaks and has to use the basement cobbling machine. There's, like, a larger, like, universe of trades. The tradesmen. The tradesmen, the secret service. It's like the Kingsman, but it's the tradesmen. The tradesmen, the golden circle. I'm so sad about this movie, dude. They they think this was going to keep on going. Anyway, on the, subject of, on the subject of Sandler. Yeah, let's talk about Sandler. Man... When Adam Sandler decides to, like, actually put in an effort and do a genuinely dramatic movie, I'm rooting for him like nobody else. Like we talked about, like, Punch Drunk Love and Funny People. It does reveal that there's a genuine artist there who cares about what he's doing and is more self-aware than he lets on. And if you're looking for an example of recent dramatic Sandler, that's actually pretty good. Um, the Meyerowitz Stories is a Netflix original yeah, uh, movie. which I've also that's seen, on there. and I like that a lot. I thought... I enjoyed that a lot. The funny parts in that film are amazing to me. The funny parts in that movie are funnier than anything that's in here, and the dramatic parts actually work in that movie, because he's playing a character whose flaws are well-known, and he actually addresses them in some manner. And hey, look, it's another movie where Adam Sandler is playing the son of a father figure who's played by Dustin Hoffman, and it's actually good this time. Cool. (laughs) Why did this happen, then? Did we need this to get there? What happened? Should we just, like, ask Netflix to delete this? Yeah, please, yeah. Netflix, just delete it, man. We're good. Yeah. We don't need it. No one needs this movie. It's not going to teach them a goddamn thing. Just turn it off. Just go go to the servers and just go to uh, the movies folder and then go, <laughs> go to cobbler.mov, delete that one. That's no yeah. good. And then just actually, if you want to just like put in another copy of Meyerwitz stories, just put another one in there just in case. <laughs> just Help. double down. Just give it a boost, you know? Someone goes to click the cobbler and Meyerowitz comes up. <laughs> oh, that'd be very good. <laughs> it would be fine. It, it, everybody would be happy. Nobody would complain. They'd be like, thanks, Netflix. This is like shittier Click. <laughs> is that what that movie was called? Click? <laughs> click, yeah. Click is Click is a movie that starts as a comedy and then ends as a as a as a terrifying drama with featuring like 
elements of Jewish culture. <laughs> but this one is just a full-on nightmare from start to finish. I can watch some bad Adam Sandler movies and be like, okay, I know what this is going to be. I'm okay. I came into this thinking that this was going to be an Adam Sandler shitty movie, but a little more serious. And it was so much worse than I could have imagined. It's deeply uncomfortable. And the amount of people who signed on for this is staggering, considering what it is. Fuck, man. This... <laughs> I feel like we could just be distraught for this whole episode. There is no good part of this movie. I'm not going to sit here and be like, hey, well, what, let's say something nice about it. It's really atrocious. Here's the thing. Even if the movie looks like a finer production than most Happy Gilmore movies, that does not serve the movie in any way. In, in fact, all it does is heighten the unnerving and uncomfortable aspects of it. It only serves to show how disturbing Adam Sandler's character is. Why does is. Dan Stevens choose such terrible roles? Dan Stevens, none other than <laughs> the Beast himself, Dan Stevens, is in this movie, and I, I can't for the life of me figure out why. He's... He's a, he's a handsome man. He just plays handsome man. I think he could do a good bit of acting. I really like Dan Stevens. I think he needs a better agent. If anything, of all of the things that they are so offensive in this movie, the handling of Adam Sandler's character when he is told that Dan Stevens' character went home with a guy was probably, like, the least offensive thing that happened in this movie. He was just like, oh, okay. Like... He's like, oh, a guy? And then she's like, no, it's hot. And he's like, oh, okay, then. If a girl finds it hot. Yeah, that's not okay, because I genuinely don't think anybody involved in this movie and the writing of it knew what bisexuality is. I think that's the thing. I th I don't think they knew, because they treat it like it's a crazy thing. Like, oh, wait, he likes guys. And then when, when, when his girlfriend comes by and she says that the the shoes that she's getting for his boyfriend are for him <laughs> to wear on boys night Adam Sandler is like all right here no charge for the shoes oh god poor girl poor it's like, girl that i molested How yeah like hey you like had sex with her almost so so it means that he's having sex with both women and men probably it's a thing it's a thing that exists no no the the do the people who made this movie know that bisexuality exists do i need to send oh them a flag god. What do I do? What do I do about this? There's no way a movie that came out in like 2015 doesn't I know. I don't think they cared. Every character is written in a way so that the the main character is supposed to be taught something from it, but he's taught nothing, I guess. If this movie had come out any earlier, like if this movie had came out in like the 90s, it would have been written the way that you thought this movie was going to be, where he just, like, spends a day in someone else's shoes and learns something from it. The man literally learns nothing. The whole, like, moral of the story is to learn something from other people's experiences. He learns nothing. He's empty to begin with. And then he goes through all these these situations, and he's just causing chaos. It's terrible. I really hate it. It's a nightmare. I, I just, I envision how this movie should have gone. And I don't think it would have been a good movie no, either. No but it would have been a movie. But I can easily imagine Adam Sandler putting on the shoes and finding out he turns into somebody else. And then he gets his best friend and he brings him in and he says, oh, look at this. And then they go crazy. And they're like, oh, wow, you got to use this. I thought Method Man was going to be that guy who he's like, he brings the shoes back and then they like bond over that. And then they're like trying to figure out. I was so excited. Why do I always do this to myself? Ellen Barkin's in this, playing what I believe is her character from Only God Forgives. 
I, I think she was going <laughs> to fucking kill Adam Sandler. Spotlight, though. That's a movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, just go back to Smash. Just go back to playing Smash. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Got him! <laughs> fight the good fight against the cobbler. Write to your Congress people and tell them to take the cobbler down on Netflix. Yeah. Hashtag delete the cobbler. Hashtag delete the cobbler. Do you think little Nikki was real? Yeah, that was real. I think that's the only way. I've been trying to figure out how this happened. I think little Nikki is a real thing. I think the devil's son is Adam Sandler. I agree and with that. He, he, he just exists to cause mischief on this planet and to torment everybody here. And so little Nikki mm-hmm. took the form of Adam Sandler and ma- pulled the strings to make this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it worked. I don't think a, a world that could create the cobbler is a world worth living in. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, do you forgive Tom McCarthy? Absolutely fucking not. No, fuck Sorry. that guy. I hate no, him. No, this shit's right disgusting. Now. The, the, no, this shit is literally repellent. And I know that this movie is so dull and dreary and like monotone that you can almost say that it's not that offensive, but it absolutely is. It's pretty repugnant. You wrote this, but you knew this was your doing. I don't know exactly how involved the writing process was on this, but in some aspects, you put this in there. Sorry, that's not getting forgiven. No. Maybe your next movie will be better. I don't know. You shouldn't be allowed to make more movies. <laughs> Who would give you a budget for this? Why would... I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. I This is bringing nobody any joy. This is not bringing Adam Sandler's fans any joy. This is not bringing the fans of anything any joy. This is nothing. This is a misery. And I hope everyone in it was paid decently. Because, <laughs> holy shit, I can't imagine how dreary and miserable it must have been. Okay. Fuck it. <laughs> Going back to Smash. Oh, shit, Ridley! Oh, okay. Okay. Say your goodbyes. Say goodbye to the kids. Bye! Bye! Got him! Oh, my God. Internal pressure is 5G's.